Hallelujah. Don't you know how much he loves you today? Oh, I hope you do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a great God. I will tell you a great fact, greatest fact that this world and statement this world will ever hear is that Jesus loves you. There's a lot of things that are fact, a lot of things that said it can be great, but there's none greater than the fact that Jesus loves you. Because out of that love is birthed so many things. And we're here today because of the love that Jesus has had for us today. Praise God. Let's give him a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Love him for just a moment. Give him a hand, a shout of praise. Hallelujah. God's good. A lot of times, and I think finally, she doesn't ask as much anymore because, well, sometimes I don't know, and, and sometimes I just say, well, you're going to have to wait and hear it like everybody else hears it. So, But my wife said, well, what are, you, what are you preaching about today? She's trying to get the music together, and I'm like, I don't know. And it's, that makes me a nervous wreck. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know until that that morning I get here and I'm praying and I'm thinking about what God wants and and sometimes I think maybe it's more for me that I don't see anything because I want to see if I'm in the right place with the way the service is going and I didn't know I didn't see their song list before I got ready this morning I didn't know what they were singing and um, so this song just went perfect perfect leading right up to what um, we're going to preach about today you can be seated. I'm, I'm, I've got a little more scripture in my opening than I normally have, and I don't, I'm not going to ask you to stand for all of that. I will ask that you would give our music team and our choir a hand today. They sounded phenomenal today. Phenomenal. I appreciate them. Had, had a lot of people out, and, uh, but boy, I tell you, they still they carried it. It sounded great today. Just tremendous worship. Thank you for worshiping and responding to the Spirit of the Lord. It means a lot helps open the door. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. It's a little, little longer reading than I, I normally do, but the whole story is needed really just to kind of get uh, the feel of what I want to preach on today. So Luke 7 and 36, and one of the Pharisees desire, desired him that he would eat with him, speaking of Jesus. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box and ointment. Now, I want to stop there just to make a point for a second. You know, you don't read a whole lot about a whole lot of real preaching. Just There's not church services. There's not, you know, the Holy Ghost hasn't been poured out. People are not talking about uh, him dying for us yet. Any of those things. But her, in her condition, which it says she was a sinner, whatever her sins were, the Lord knows. She knew it. The city knew it. Jesus knew it. But she felt comfortable enough. She felt something coming from him that she felt comfortable enough to approach him. Let me tell you, you should never be afraid to approach the Lord. To approach him. It doesn't matter. Whatever's going on, no matter who knows what or what anybody else thinks, when you need Jesus, you get to Jesus. It worked. It said she stood, she brought an alabaster box of oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping, began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet, anointed them with ointment. And when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, he would have known what or who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed him 500 pence, the other 50. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? 
Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And then he turns to the woman. See how quickly things can turn around. She's behind him, weeping, crying, knowing what she needs. And in just an instant, things turn around. I'm telling you, when you come to the Lord sincere and needing something, it's amazing how fast things can turn around. He said, I entered into thine house. Thou gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Praise God. It worked. Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. You remember I said something about people. It didn't matter what condition they were when they came to him. If they came with a need and in faith knowing that he was what they needed. Let me tell you, I don't know what else happened in her. You know, we could say, I don't know what else happened to her. We do read stories about who she is later through the scripture. She followed after him. But it wasn't about that at that time. It was about what she came for in that moment. I want to preach on this for just a little while. What you are not what you are not would you pray with me for just a few moments for the lesson thank you Lord for your word for your promise and thank you most of all for that love that love that comes that's unconditional that has saved us and blessed us it it covers a multitude of sin Lord today we thank you for such great mercy and compassion help us to hear from your word today to receive it Lord we're going to praise you for it and we ask it in Jesus name and everyone said Amen. Give the Lord a hand if you're thankful for His love today. Thankful for His love. Praise God. What you are not. Verse 47 said, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. And man, that's a beautiful picture of that kind of love, that reckless love. They were singing about that love that will light up things, kick down things, climb up things. And regardless of what we are, still he gives himself regardless of who we are. A great picture of the love that Jesus has for us. In the story, it seems that the focus is on the love that the woman had for him. Because he uses her love as an example, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. But we have to remember what the scripture says in 1 John 4, 19, that we love him because he first loved us. If there is any fact that we need to get today and remember and hang on to for the rest of our lives is that God is love. And he is love, and he will uh, not and cannot be anything other than what his nature is. Because he said of himself, I am the Lord, I change not. His love is pure, it's perfect, it is holy, and it is unconditional. And this is the thing about that kind of love that Jesus has, is that it gives. It gives to us. And it always gives outside of itself. He's not just given to people who are righteous, and he's not given to people that are holy. It's not just them. He, it gives outside of that parameter. It gives to the unrighteous. His love falls on the, on the sick. It falls on the addicted. It falls on the thief. It falls on the liar. It falls on the murderer. His love is to every single person in this world. 
He doesn't just love those who are like him. He doesn't just love the church. He loves those that are not yet in the church. He loves those that have walked away from the church. He loves those that have cursed the church. He loves those that have walked in and shot up a church. Got to get a picture of that love of God today. Everybody in the city knew her. Oh, she's a sinner. And we see people on the news and everybody knows them and we think that God can't love them. But God can love them and turn them around. If he could turn Paul around, if he could take Saul of Tarsus, who said he persecuted the church and he persecuted that name and he was locking people up and causing them to to recant the name of the Lord and he stood by and held the coats of the men who stoned Stephen to death. And yet God loved him and changed him and saved him. And are we thankful for the Apostle Paul in the words that he wrote? God could have wiped him out. God could have done away with him. But his love said, I've got to give this a shot first. So if he only loved people that were like him, then the Lord would have nobody to love because we are all unrighteous and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is why his love uh, is his love that has brought us and bought us our salvation. It gave outside of itself. This woman today, you know, many times we think that it is what we are that gets us what we need. You know, Uh, we think that it's our talent, it's our ability, it's our skill, it's our beauty, it's our popularity, it's our social status, it's it's who we are that makes us, that gets us what we want. But I'll tell you something uh, stronger than that. It's what you are not that will get you the greatest answer you've ever needed in your life. What you are not is unloved. You might not be holy. You might not be righteous. You might not be living right. You might not be doing things right. But at the top of anything you can list negative about yourself, put unloved. And when you say, well, I may not be holy, but I'm not unloved. And that can fix that. I might be unrighteous and uh, you know, uh, and I might even feel like I am unlovable, but at the very top of this, I'm reminded that I am not unloved. And if I am not unloved, then God can do a lot of things. You see, she came to him and she knew she wasn't uh, who, like everybody else, she knew she was not what she was not. But it was what she was not that made her and turned her into who she was. It was the love that he had for her. She might have been a sinner, but she wasn't unloved. Maybe she was an adulteress, but she wasn't unloved. She might have been dealing in witchcraft, but she wasn't unloved. She could have been all kind of things, but she was not unloved. And so many times we think, as well, it's because I'm righteous. It's because I'm holy. It's because I'm anointed. It's because I'm called. Honey, let me tell you, it's not any of that. It's because of what you are not that makes you who you are. You are not unloved. And everything flows from that. Everything flows from his love at the top of the list of what I am not. You need to make yourself a list sometimes. You may think, well, I, I'm not talented. I'm, I'm not skilled. I'm not very you know, uh, good with people. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but at the top, but, but I'm not unloved. I tell you what else, you're not forsaken. You're not hopeless. Mm-mm. Yeah, come on. You're, not, you're not without help. You're not, uh, you might be cast down, but you're not destroyed. You might be persecuted, but you're not forsaken. Come on. There's a lot of things that makes us, uh, we're more than conquerors sometimes because of things we are not. It's what we are not sometimes. We, we're trying to add things to our resume, but sometimes it's just, hey, one big great word, you're not unloved. And because of that, because of the love, what you are not equates to what you are. It's equal to what you are, and that is loved. I am not unloved. I am loved, and that is what makes me special to him. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what people say you are not. Well, you're, you're not this, and you're not that, and you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. I'm not unloved. 
What do you mean? I mean, Jesus loves me. I'm not unloved. And because I am not unloved, uh, then it's boundless what I might be. Because I can do all things through Him. That strengthens me. And I can, I, can, uh, uh, I can pray and he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power or the love that works in me. You, my friend, my brother and my sister, you, there may be a lot of things you're not. There's one thing I'm sure of, you're not unloved. And it will get you through. Let me tell you, love never fails. Yeah, love never fails. I'm so thankful today for that statement. So if I am not unloved, I don't have, failure is not an option when I stay with Him. I can do All I want to do, I might fail. Let me tell you, it's only failing when you quit. Falling is not failing. Making mistakes is not failing. Quitting is failing. But even quitters can pick back up and start the race. You can lay failure beside them all because of this one fact. Just because they fail, they are not unloved. God still loves them today. He's uh, pulling down walls. He's pulling down lies. He's kicking down doors or walls or whatever that song said, all those things and more. God will reach into the deepest, darkest places. He said, he called me out of darkness. You know what the Bible says about darkness? That men love darkness. Because it covers the evil deeds. They think in the darkness nobody can see who I really am. And, but he knew you were in there. You can hide in the dark and nobody can see you, but he can see you there. And he, he said, hey, come out of there. But look at who I am. We try to hide from that call. We, we start Because when he starts coming in, the entrance of his word, it says, giveth light. And all of a sudden, that little dark corner we was hiding in starts lighting up, and we're trying to turn our back and do everything to, to hide who we are. You ain't got to hide. She, she come in behind him maybe because she thought, well, I, I don't even want him to look at me because I'm so ashamed of who I am. Everybody in this room knows who I am. And, and like I said, I don't know what she was. Maybe people in that room knew her real well. I don't know what it was, but she come in behind him. But she was weeping and crying and kissing his feet. And, and when it got time to turn, turn it around, he said, I see you. And he began to talk about her situation. And he began to talk about her faith. And he began to uh, upbraid those who wanted to just condemn her and, and be ugly to her. And, and he let her know, I'm looking at you. And I love you. And your faith has made you whole. She might have come in one way, but she went out another. And it wasn't because of who she was. It was because of who she was not. She was not unloved. Let me tell you today that you can't hide it from him. He sees you and he loves you anyway. He knows the mistakes you made. He knows how you struggled, slipped, slid, fell. You just turned your back, not done the things that you know you ought to do. There's always a war in our members. Paul said the good that I want to do, I can't figure out how to do it. And the things I can't stand to do, I end up doing it. I don't know what's going on. There's a war here. Jesus is here to bring an end to the war. Let me tell you, God can work in your life. It doesn't matter. You say, well, it's got me. Well, let him get you. If something's got you, let him get you out. Because that's what he does. Something had that woman. Something was on that woman. Something was wrong with that woman. But by the time she got through at the feet of Jesus, everything was right in her life. She was whole. And God can do the same to you or me in this house today. There ain't nobody knows more about what it is to not be worthy of it than, than me, I feel like. I remember the night that God got a hold of my heart. I remember making a statement the night before I was having a conversation with someone that telling them I am not going back to church. I, I worked with a band and traveled and, and, and just was involved in that rock lifestyle and all those things that it involved. And, and uh, you know, I would be out on Friday nights and Saturday nights and all kind of things happening, you know, and then roll up in a church on Sunday morning. And uh, I said, I'm just not going back to church because I'm, you know, I don't be a hypocrite. 
I know I'm not going to quit doing what I'm doing, and I'm not going back. And, and the person I was speaking with, they said, well, but it's good to go to church. It's good to serve God. And I, I said, I know it's good, but I can't do it. That's where I left it. Wednesday rolled around. You come to church tonight? I guess I am. I, I, I did it more to keep them kind of off my back. That's what I was thinking. I got ready. I was, got out of the shower. I was getting dressed, and I used to wear this big old gold loop earring. I'd wear it when I'd come in. I want to see if somebody at church was going to say something about it so I'd have reason to say, uh-huh, judge me. And I said, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Never. They just love on you and pray with you and kiss you and tell you to come back. And I was like, but anyway, I was getting ready that night, and I picked it up. And I said, you know, in my mind, I said, I don't think I'm going to put that on tonight. I set it down. Never put it back on either, just to give you a spoiler. I got to church that night. Power of God started moving. I was sitting in pews, wooden pews. You ever heard people say, man, I was gripping the back of the pew. Well, I was. And because I could feel something, maybe it's what this woman felt as she knew that Jesus was in that house and, and, and something began to draw her. Because I'm telling you, I could feel something like it was alive inside of my body, uh, moving and churning. And, and I, I was sitting there thinking, uh, what's going on, what's going on, what's happening, what's happening. I don't know what's happening here. People were pray, getting prayed for. I, I, I was sitting about probably about like well, no, about right there where Brother Philip in that church we were in, about right there. People up here falling out on the floor, getting prayed for. People shouting and worshiping, music playing. I'm sitting back there stomping the floor like this, trying to figure out what's going on. I'm a drunk, dope head, liar, mean, fight, cuss, awful, awful guy, awful. I'm talking about I was rotten. And all of a sudden, Sister Rebecca Crowder was playing organ. She said, she stopped the music. She said, the Lord gave me this scripture for somebody here tonight. Now, remember the night before, I'm going to remind you of what I said. I know it's good. I can't do it. You can look this scripture up. If you can pull it up, maybe you could pull it up. It's James 4 and 17. If you could pull it up quick enough. But she said, the scripture the Lord gave me for somebody tonight is this, James 4 and 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth how to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. And I'm telling you, when she said that, I heard it the first time. I want to act like I didn't. But it was just like somebody just dropped a thousand-pound water balloon on top of me. Something was all over me. And I, I didn't know what, I thought I was going to pass out. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was trembling. I was shaking. And Sister Eberhardt said, say it one more time. And she repeated that scripture. And when she did, it's like every sound in the room went away except this still, small voice. It said, I heard you last night. And that's my answer. What are you going to do? And all I could think of was, that's the Lord. And he's talking to me. And he heard me. He heard this drunk, this dope head, this mean, fighting, lost, washed up individual. He heard this prayer, all I am not. I am not righteous, God. I am not holy, God. I am not even good. I'm not good a little bit, God. He said, but I heard you, and I've got an answer. And when he said, come down to this altar and pray, brother, I'm telling you, I hit the closest spot I fell right in the middle of all the women. And I know they prayed on different sides of the church. And so I, I, I just, the straightest, you know, the shortest distance between two lines, a straight point. And so I'm just getting me to the altar. And, man, I prayed and cried and gave up to God and worshiped him. And when I left that altar that night, I went to that water, was baptized in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, uh, my faith had made me whole. What I was not, which was unloved, made me who I was that night and from that day on. God can take you from the darkest places. God can take you and deliver you. Snatch. Man, let me tell you, you think things didn't have a hold of me. Things had a hold on me. 
But God broke that and got rid of that and moved that. And I'm telling you, I never looked back, never wanted to go back. Oh, I failed and made mistakes and fell flat on my face. But I have never, not one time, wanted to be away from God. And let me tell you something. You need to hear me tonight. You need to listen up. You feel so low about yourself. You got such a low uh, self perception of who you are and you're always like you're always adding up what you are not well then that's fine but at the very top of it put this you are not unloved and that will turn everything else around this world needs to know that let me tell you there's people out there lost well i'm not a church person you know i'm not good like that they always trying to get their life together before they get here you just get here She didn't get her life together before she got there. She just got there. She got there on her hands and knees. She got there at the lowest point in her life. She got there humiliating herself and humbling herself, kissing his feet, crying on his feet, washing his feet with her hair. She got there in front of all the people that knew something was wrong with her. She didn't care. But when Jesus was done, all you read about is her following him from that point on. Praise God. Because... We're not unloved. And it's sometimes who you're not that gets you where you need to be. We need to look and see what that means when it concerns him. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He took that perfect love and gave it to a dark dying, desperate world. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem right. I'm so glad his ways are higher than ours. And that's why I need to remind us today, you are not unloved. Your sins might be many, like this woman was, but you are not unloved. You may say, well, you don't know what I did, Pastor. You don't know who I am. You're right, I don't. But Jesus does, and he loves you anyway. What you are not equals what you are, and that is loved. In Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, it said, But God, who is rich in his mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even, even, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. Even when he knows Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For the ungodly. For the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. See, we're not unlovable. We're not unloved. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus knew. Jesus knows, and he loves us anyway. He loved us as sinners. He loves us as saints, and he loves us when we make mistakes. He loves us anyway. He gave his life for us. and The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. He knows. Jesus comes into our lives in the middle of our mess. He can come into your life right in the middle of three divorces, a murder sentence, a drug addiction, and turn you all the way around and make you whole. He can come in the worst possible thing you can imagine, and he can, his blood can erase it. It don't leave a stain when it's washed. It washes whiter than snow. You ain't, you ain't off white when Jesus gets done with you. You ain't cream colored when he gets, you ain't, uh, you ain't gray or stuff. No, let me tell you, honey, you ain't pink, none of that stuff. You are whiter than snow. Jesus will find us in the middle of our mess, drop right in and say, hey, I love you. When we expect him to say, I'm going to take you out, I'm going to punish you, I'm going to cast you away, I'm going to kick you out, I'm going to put you in hell, I'm going to do this. And he says, uh-uh, I love you. With, with a drink in your hand, I love you. With a joint on your lips, I love you. With a needle in your arm, I love you. Ah, come on. He loves us. 
He loves sinners. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He said, they that are whole don't need a physician. Well, honey, I wasn't whole, and I needed the great physician. I needed somebody that could wash my sin away. And he's still doing that today. No matter what you have hid, no matter how well you've hidden it, he has seen it, but he loves you anyway. And he, hey, that, she said it in that vision, said, as great as we want to be forgiven, he wants to forgive us. He's pulling for somebody, not just to be healed, not just for a miracle, but to be saved. As much as I want to go to heaven, he wants me there so much more. He died so I could be there. And you know the thing about it is, that love's there whether we love him back or not. There is no amount of disobedience that can extinguish the love of God. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching once saved, always saved. Oh, no. There ain't a single person that that will end up lost. Every one of them have at the top of the list. Not unloved. There ain't a single person that will slide into a devil's hell that will go there unloved. There is nothing I can do. I can't make him. I can shake my fist at him. I could do all kinds of things, and he would still love me because his love cannot be extinguished. He paid such a price. Isaiah 53 described it. He said, he is despised and rejected of men. Listen to what he did. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. When we saw what he was going through for us, we hid our face. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely as born our griefs carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. The book of Mark records uh, the actual happening of it and said, Pilate, uh, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them, delivered Jesus when they had scourged him to be crucified. This is what he went through. And soldiers led him away in the hall called the Praetorium, and they called together the whole band. They clothed him with purple, plant, planted a crown of thorns, and put it on his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. They smote him on the head with a reed. They spit on him, and they bowed their knees and worshipped. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. I do not ever want to forget the price that Jesus paid because he loved me. Let me tell you, you are not unloved. When Paul said that I am determined to not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified, he was saying, when I preach this, I am preaching the love of God that he has for this lost world. We are not unloved. When we read that Jesus receiveth sinners, that he came for them who are sick to seek and save the lost. He sent servants into the highways and the byways and the hedges to bring the poor, the lame, and the blind to his feast. Jesus loves us. He brought the ragged people, the smelly people, the homeless people, the sick people. He said, go get them, bring them. So they brought the lame and they brought the blind and they brought them to his feast because he loves us. Our sins might be many. I said, made reference to this earlier. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10 that they were many things that God hates, but he does not hate us. He wants us to change. He loves us, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are. He wants to save us. Paul said, here's the list uh, of unrighteous things. He said, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. But then he said, and such were some of you. We were many terrible things. But one thing you don't find on that list, unloved. Because we are loved by him. We may be unholy, unthankful, and unrepented, and unlike God, but we are not unloved. 
We might be a thief, liar, or a cheater, but we are not unloved. You may have done unspeakable things, things that you hope to God nobody ever else finds out, but you are not unloved. You might have an awful past, and maybe your present ain't too great, but you're not unloved. I'm trying to help you see this today, that he loves you no matter what, but he just loves you way too much to leave you that way. Hell will be filled with an innumerable amount of people, but not one of them will go there unloved by God. He doesn't love sin. He hates it, but he loves people, and that's all people. He is his love. You ever heard something happen? Say, so, well, that's a game changer. His love's a game changer. We talk about somebody, you know, getting a hitting the lottery, which we don't play the lottery, but but when they hit it, you think, well, thirty-two point nine million—that's a game changer. Let me tell you, sometimes thirty-two dollars is a game changer. It's going to decide what you're going to eat that night or not. Is it ramen noodles again or are we getting something better? The love of God's a game changer. In this life, we're headed in one direction, but that love will change us and turn us around. It's a life changer. His love will lead us. The Bible says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. His love, man, that's as good as it gets. Uh, it will get us to repentance. It will get us to the water where our sins are washed away. It will cause us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we are born again. First John 4 and 10, 11 says, Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. We're not unloved. I'm telling you, friend, you may think low of yourself, and you may say, well, you don't know all oh, my mess. I don't have to. I can just tell you that love covereth a multitude of sin. That's the Bible. Forever settled. That's one of the good, great characteristics of love. It covers a multitude of sin. Then he said, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. That's a message for another day, really, but I'll just say this. I'm free to love people because I'm freely loved. The Bible says freely give because you have freely received. I, I can love people freely, unconditionally, because I have been loved freely and unconditional. Let me tell you, I'm not intimidated by their nonsense or their actions. I can still love them. But neither will I be seduced by their nonsense or their actions. But that doesn't mean I can't love them. I am to love even as I am loved. That's what the Bible says. So I can love people. I don't have to join in with them, but I can love them. See, this is what happens. We, we come in and we receive this love so freely, but then we get selective about where we're going to distribute it. Oh, no, that, 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 they've been too bad. They know, you know, I'll pray for you. Listen. Don't even pray for them if you don't love them. I'll pray for them. I don't know if I can love them. But don't pray. You're just wasting your breath. He said, you know, we receive this love so freely, and then we get selective about you know, But so we can't just love our own. Jesus didn't do that. Sitting with publicans and sinners and drunkards and and people with demons and all kind of things going on with them, and, and, and that's right where he was at. Didn't change him. Didn't make, he wasn't giving them his sign of approval. He just loved them, and he knew love would change them. If we don't show, you know, if we have a problem freely showing love, then we are not persuaded of his free love. We still think that his love is conditional that I've got to be good or he's not going to love me. If we're having a problem showing love, we have not yet been convinced and persuaded that his love is really free and unconditional. You know why John the, bad, or, uh, or John the Beloved could just lay his head up on Jesus' chest and just lay there and let Jesus hug on him? Because he knew that Jesus loved him. 
And the scripture says the disciple whom Jesus loved. Yeah. You know why John, could you imagine all the other disciples and John just sitting down beside him and be like, I wonder how many times the Lord reached up and went and rubbed his head like that. You, your kids come up and sit like that, you don't reach up and rub the head or do something like that. He loved him. And John knew it. He said, I'm not afraid to sit down. You know what? Your kids, they can do things, but they know that, or they should know, I can come sit next to mom and daddy and it's going to be all right. You need to know that you can always come and sit next to him. Lay your head right there and say, Lord, you know what? I, my kids can come sit down beside me and they don't have to say nothing. I know if something's wrong, if something's bothering them, something's hurting them. They don't have to say nothing. I know it. And you just reach around, put that arm around them, just pat them, love them, and just let them feel that touch. And You know what? Sometimes you don't even have to say nothing. He knows. Just let him love you. Just let him bless you. Just let him touch you. He loves you. You've got to be persuaded of that today. His love is free and it's unconditional. Honey, would you come to the music? Mark 10 and 21 is another one of my favorite examples in Scripture of the love of God. Jesus was approached by a young man who wanted to know about everlasting life. and When he came and he asked the question, Lord, what must I do to have everlasting life? says that then Jesus, Mark 10 and 21, said, then Jesus beholding him loved him. He just looked at him, saw him, didn't say he knew him, you know, as far as we could see, as far as any kind of acquaintance. Of course, he knows everybody, we know that, but no kind of acquaintance. Just this guy comes up, what must I do? Jesus looked at him, loved him, said unto him, one thing thou lackest. Now Jesus already knew he lacked. He already knew there were some things that he was not. But the greatest thing that he was not was unloved. He already knew he was lacking, but he loved him anyway. You see that? You already know, I ain't been praying like I should. I haven't been reading like I should. I haven't been faithful like I should. I've I, 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 I got some issues going on. I know that I'm not where I need to be. He already knows that. But if he was standing right here today and you walked up to him, when he looked at you, I can promise you this, he would be looking at you and loving you. And so he looked at this young man and said, beheld in him, and he said, there's one thing that you lack. He said, go sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross and follow me. He saw somebody who lacked and said, here's the answer for it all. You see, God's got an answer even for any one of us that's here today that feel like we're lacking. Well, I'm coming up short. I'm not where I need to be, but Jesus has an answer for you today. He's got an answer for you to get to where you want to go, to get to the place you need to be. He's got an answer. And it's because he loves you. Stand with me this morning. Let me tell you, God knows your weaknesses today. He knows where you've slipped. He knows where your faults are. He knows every shortcoming. And you might be many things that are not right. But at the top of that list, you are not unloved I'm going to open this altar for you to come and pray today maybe you'll be like that woman in the story and you're, you feel like I'm coming in behind him but if you'll come and pray in sincerity today it won't be long you'll be looking him right in the face and he'll be telling you how much he loves you would you come and pray this morning hey you're not unloved and that makes all the difference but you come find a place and get your life where it needs to be with God today. He loves you. Oh, how He loves you. Hallelujah.
Jesus. Hey, could we stand across the building? We're getting ready to be done. Could we just stand though before we before we go? Would you take the hand of somebody beside you and, and look, yeah, find if don't if you if you're away from people, then kind of slide over, maybe find somebody. Just take the hand of somebody. Hey, I want that that, that chorus you were just singing though. He loves us. And I want us to sing that chorus again. I want us to sing that together because he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. We're in this together. Guess what? You're going to have somebody that will help you, that will encourage you, that will pray with you, that will show you the love of God. You've got a church family, church people. And, you know, we've got visitors here today, so thankful to see them. And You know what? God knew you'd be here today. And he wants you to know how much he loves you. He didn't want you to get through this day without hearing and seeing in the, his word how much he loves you. So join hands and let's, you can lift your voice, lift your head up high. You say, well, I'm not a good singer. Hey, at the top of not. You ain't got to be a good singer. He loves you. Let's sing it to the Lord together. Just a moment. One more time to the Lord. Worship the Lord for a moment. He loves you today. He loves you today. Hallelujah. Oh, how he loves us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, how he loves us. 
Almighty God, we praise you. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a shout. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. Hallelujah. Tell him thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. I'm thankful for what I am not. I'm thankful that I am not unloved. I'm thankful for what I am not. Praise God. Don't you forget it. Share that message. Share that love of God with people. The Bible says having compassion on some, making a difference. Let me tell you, where everything else fails, love will always conquer. Love will always come through. Praise God. Thank you for being in this service today. I hope you go out of here just full of the love of the Lord. And it's just running over and it's going to bless you the rest of this week. If you can be at prayer meeting tomorrow night at 7, we're going to be praying for our prodigals. Encourage everyone to be here. It's going to be a great time of prayer and and just uh, community with your church family. So God bless you. Be safe. Have a wonderful day. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Before we are dismissed. Come on now. We want to take time oh. to acknowledge the fact that it is my husband's birthday. So we're now, not going to sing. Who are you married to again? <laughs> we're not going to sing, but at the count of three, I want us to all say happy birthday, Pastor. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday, Pastor. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was, I was going to get out of here without, without anything, so. Well, I, I do appreciate it. I appreciate all the, the love and the wishes and everything. Thank you. I, I am a very blessed man, taking inventory of the many things that God's given me in this life. And I tell you, this right here is the greatest thing to me. I love each and every one of you very much, and thank you for those kind words and wishes. Now, you're dismissed. Go. Go.